so college when i went to college um so my main challenge was sort of like just having a lot of work to do and not a lot of time to do it and then um um when i was sort of um in my second semester of um my first year of college that was when um mommy was first diagnosed with cancer and that was a very hard time you see i say i was gonna talk about the things because this was gonna be crying and i don't want to be crying on his life <laughs> <laughs> yes it was challenging and i had to i remember having exams i was sitting as level exams and i can remember studying like in the hospital like i would like bring my books because i never wanted a day to go by and like come on like i in rosu and my mother in the in the hospital and i do go and see her like you know so i would go like every day and i would go with my books like and i would like try and study for my exams while i was there and um i learned a trick if you have makeup on and you want to cry do this the tears just fall onto the ground. <laughs> on YouTube, I, I learned that. So instead of it come down, you just do that and it falls into the ground instead. Okay, I'll make time. So <laughs> it's a life tips. So yeah, that was hard. And then and then when I went to um UE and um i was in my when i was in my second year my second semester again um the beginning of that semester that was when she passed away and um i think at that point in my life i used sort of like school to distract myself and i know a lot of people sort of like deal with um grief and deal with death differently and some people just like can't like focus on like school work when they go through something like that me it was sort of like a coping mechanism for me like i would just like put my head down in the book and i would just study 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 and i was like in those moments that i was studying like i was not thinking about like anything else i was sort of like distracting myself from like everything else that was going on in my personal life and um yeah but uh, then i remember um but it's different right it's different when you lose someone and you sort of like don't stay in the same space that you used to interact with the person so i say that to say in terms of like like she passed away and it was just before school started back so i went back to ue after after the funeral like the funeral was on sat on saturday and like by tuesday i was back in ue so it's sort of like you sort of like lie to yourself and make yourself believe that this is not real because you can't really like sort of it doesn't seem real to you because you're not in the same space that you used to and then and then i remember sort of like going back home for summer break and then everything just came all at once because you realize like this is real like you back home and you know so that was hard and then and then i went back to ue and then i was in my um first semester of my third year 
And then I had just finished my exams at the end of my third semester. And um, my friend, um, she had also completely finished UE. So that the first semester of, of the third year was actually her final semester of UE. So we wanted to sort of like stay back a little bit to sort of like celebrate that she was finished with UE and so on. So I decided to stay like a few days extra after my exams so that we could like celebrate and so on and before we went back and then um, that's when daddy passed away. And so going to school and like dealing with, with that was complex. And I think that I filled my life with a lot of things. Like I did a lot of things and I, I kept like busy. Like I was always going out. I was always like doing something, organizing something or like studying for a test or so on. Mm -hmm. And I felt like keeping busy was sort of like my way of not really getting to process things. And I think that kind of, that's kind of like unhealthy that you never sort of like address. Mm -hmm. You never grieved. You never sort of like grief properly. Like I would just have like times where I just have like a breakdown and then like next day get back to normal and sort of like get on with it. And, um, and. Well, why, do, why do you think you were always like that? Cause that's what mommy was like. <laughs> You see, you have to bend on now. <laughs> you make me laugh. <laughs> you have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she is she is always kind of like um get on with it and um and I I think where it affected me the most, which was kind of like weird because I felt like it was sort of like years later and I would probably like have been better by now was at Cambridge was where it really affected me. And I I really did I not messing up my makeup for you, not to know. Like a hot mess. Yeah, I think because I felt like daddy like always used to talk about school and always used to talk about like um getting um, education and how like Oh, it was so hard for them because they were very intelligent, but they didn't get these sort of opportunities. Okay, the makeup just gonna have to mess up because I thought I'd bend up. <laughs> and um, so I felt that like to get an opportunity like that and to not you see, you have your tissue, and I don't have my tissue. I know I like to cry, and I do come. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I know that they really like education, and they really. Oh, Vishi passed me a tissue. And so, to not be, to not um, be able to share that. Who oh, are you, Wendy Williams? <laughs> Wendy Williams in the Q-tip. Oh, child. Oh. Yeah, the, I got the lights bright, boy. Got my makeup. Just the lights bright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to not be able to sort of like share that with them, uh -huh. it was it was really hard. Like, it was really hard to sort of 
like not have them to share that experience with me. Yeah, so these are some of the challenges. <laughs> um, Sawana is on and she wants to know, she says, I admire you deeply, question. There cripples a person and in academia, sorry, I cannot see because my eyes are still full of water. I know it can be very intimidating. What are your best fears? Oh, sorry, what are your biggest fears heading into postgrad and how did you overcome it? That is a very good question. Good question. Good question. Yes. Um, aside from like dealing with grief and so on, when it comes to postgrad studies, especially like in spaces where you have like a lot of like um bright people around you and stuff like that, you you so you suffer from imposter syn syndrome and you feel that you always second guess yourself and you feel like you're not good enough and you're not smart enough and especially as like a black woman in science um where you don't see a lot of other people like yourself you tell you you ask yourself a lot like if you actually belong in those spaces and for me i would make excuses for myself and be like oh i'm probably only here because they needed a black person <laughs> <laughs> like i would i would you say those kind of things to yourself because you you it does it really affects your 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 confidence and you face fear in different ways also such as in presenting um your work to to other people and for me what was my coping mechanism i don't think that probably um it may work for everybody but for me especially when it came to presenting because i I have was always sort of in acting and, and in theater growing up. When I present, I see it as a performance. So even though like my people can be boiling like five minutes before, but as soon as I start, I feel like I'm on a stage and I am performing. So I approach it in terms of like a performance and I am a character and this is the role that I'm playing. And I find that it helps me to sort of be in sort of the role that I am expected to be in. And I feel like this is something that I've used over the years to sort of like build my con my confidence because I know that I can act, I know that I can perform. So um, that is a way that, that has helped, helped me. In other areas, I think you have to invest a lot in building your, co your confidence and the ways that you can do that is to read a lot. So you read a lot and you know your topic you know your topic very well. And if you know your topic very well, then whenever you ask a question, you can answer it in an intelligent way and that helps you build your your your, your confidence. So to sort of like be well learned about your topic helps build your confidence in speaking and also in writing. So yes, it is something that a lot of people struggle with. And especially a lot of my friends who sort of, um, form part of like the quote unquote minority category. Like we've had a lot of these discussions about like how fearful it is sort of to be in the kind of postgrad academia space. And it is like a real thing. And the more people you talk, the talk you talk to, the more you realize that you're not the only one who feel like you don't belong here. And a lot of people say fake it until you make it. And I think that works to a, to a certain extent. But um yeah, for, it can be tiring to sort of like speak about a narrative that you don't genuinely believe in because you're just trying to fake it until you make it. But 
I think work realizing that the fair Zanit is real and that you're not the only one and speaking to other people can help um can help in the process and you yourself making sure that you're well learned and um that you know your topic inside out as best as you can the the more you can like take on a challenge and come out on top the more it sort of like builds your your confidence and if eventually you sort of like hey i belong here too like like yeah I, Somebody's saying Curling Curling is her name. She's saying, I love this young lady so much. So strong. You helped me so much when my mom died. I'm so proud of you. I love so, you. So um people are coming in uh, and sharing. Um um uh, GP saying I'm crying also, so let the tears fall, ladies. <laughs> um yeah, all you want us to like start crying on waterworks. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Um Lisa. Um, Higgs is locked on. I'm sure she and her mom are locked on as well. Her mom is probably um, watching as well. Nasturiza, uh, lovely, um, lovely you guys. Terry Eyed, um, she's saying. Um, Troy Schilling for the scene. Ellie's a boss. Um, <laughs> so just, um, just, just, um, you know, you know, so sharing with you what some folks are saying. Uh, Kira Grant is saying the pain and hurt makes you stronger. We use those situations to help others. Uh, so just letting you know, you know, sharing what people are 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 are, are saying um, in the chat. Uh, we encourage you to keep sending it. We can't. I can't promise you that I will actually bring everything on, but I will try as much as possible to to share with you what are the all the other folks are are saying. Um, your your eyes dry now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you. You come from a village in, in Dominica and, and people all over the world are going to be watching this, this show and probably they can't probably relate or they're probably not, not sure what you're talking about or whatever. But um, I want you to explain to people somewhat what it took for you as a young woman from a village to leave your village, your community and end up a chemist, a computational chemist. Like, how does a little black girl from Vikas get to become or a, 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 have a PhD in chemistry? Um, it seems very far-fetched, for lack of a better word, <laughs> because it's like most people, you know, their parents tell them you're going up to become a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a police officer. But here you are um, with parents who did not go to university or college to even encourage you along your path. How the hell did you get to that? <laughs> Questions. Um, it's a journey, indeed. And I always, I always believe in. So I'm not a ten-year plan kind of person. I've never been like that. Like to plan out like the next ten years. Um, but I always believe in making the best out of your current situation. So whatever opportunities you have now, I always believe that if you make the best out of those opportunities, then a door will open for you. And that is all mommy quotes and mommy always saying that to me. Like if you make the best of things now, you, your blessings will come, doors will open for you. And so, so, um, I wanted to do 
maths and um, I wanted to do chemistry at UE. So after I finished, um, so let, 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 let me go back a little bit. So I did um, my associate degree at the Dominica State College. And I also did A-levels in chemistry and maths and I did um, general paper. And then after that, everybody was talking about going to university and so on. But I knew that if I didn't have a scholarship or if I didn't have like money saved up for university, that would not be possible. So I decided after college that I was going to go to teach. So, so I was going to teach, sorry. And I went to personal sec secondary school, which is my alma mater. And I taught there for a year. And while I was teaching, towards the in the in the first few months of teach of teaching, Vol, very Mr. Morillo, you know Vol, um, he told me about applying to UE. So he he was encouraging me to apply to UE, and he brought me a a, a brochure from the Open Camp campus and he was like Fee, you should think about applying and so on and i was like well what's the point in applying and i don't have money to go to ue my my mentality at that stage was i was saving money for eventually when i feel like i have enough money, money saved then i will go to university because i didn't want to put burden my parents to have to take like a big loan and i was like naive in thinking that i could like save enough money to go to university in a short space of time you have to work a lot if you're trying to just save money to go to school so but fortunately around january of the next year i found out that i'd gotten a scholarship from the government based on my performance at the dominica state college so um around that time i believe that the deadline for UE was like um, 30th of January, something like that, or 1st of, Feb, of, Feb, of Feb, February. So when I found out that I was getting the scholarship, I sent in the application. And so long story short, I went to UE and I ended up um, doing chemistry and maths as my majors. And um, so with no sort of like real plan as to what I was going to do with it. And every time I would um, come down or every time, like when I would come home for Christmas and summer, mommy would say, say, say to me like, chemistry, like what are you gonna do with that? Like, like why you didn't do medicine and stuff like that? Because like for her, she didn't really see like what I could really do with chemistry. Like why am I studying chemistry? Like if I, if I only want to come back and teach and I didn't even really know what I wanted to do with it. I just knew that I liked chemistry and I liked maps and that's what I was doing. And um, in my third year, I had to do a research project and I I did my research project with one of my chemistry le lecturers. And then um, just before that, just before I started working with him was when daddy passed away. And that was around the time when I was thinking about studying for GREs, which is an exam that you have to take if you want to go to like Canada and the States for, I'm not sure for the States, but I know for Canada for sure. I had some schools in, Can in Canada that I was, look I was looking at and I had to seek these exams if I wanted to get in. So I was thinking about doing GREs and my friend Sai, 
she was also applying for um, grad school. So she was sort of like sending me like the resource materials in terms of like applying and sort of like helping me with my personal statement. And then when daddy passed away, it's like Kaipul Kwasi, I was like, I couldn't see myself like leaving the Caribbean. At that stage, I was just like, I don't want to be far away from my sisters. I don't want to be far away from home. And so when I started working with my supervisor, um, fast forward, then um, then I was like looking at the real poss possibility of doing a master's at the same institution, University of the West Indies, Barbados. Mm -hmm. And so I spoke to him about that and he was like well i never had a grad student before but i guess if you want to work with me and he had known my situation and sort of probably had a sort of understanding for why i didn't want to apply to other schools and go abroad and it was another lecturer who was like jerrell you should put in the application for um ue for the um for the M field, like put it in, like even though you change your mind and stuff like that, I know you have a lot going on now, but if you even though you change 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 your mind, just put it in and ask ask some professor to um be your supervisor for the masters. So I ended up putting it in and I got through. I got um the UE postgrad scholarship to do the M field. So then I decided that I was gonna stay on and work with him and I didn't end up applying to any other school. And I stayed on the MPhil is a two-year program. And um, I was there for two years. And while I was working with him, he encouraged me to apply to Cambridge. And I was like, what? He was like, yes, I think you will get in. I think you will be a good um, can can candidates for these scholarships and so on and I was just like um Cambridge is so sort of like felt so far for me so remote so like far away from everything and I was just like first of all I was like it's Cambridge I know never gonna get in <laughs> and, and secondly it's so far away that I was sort of I was sort of like uh but then he kept like trying to convince me all throughout my first year. And then at the beginning of my second year, he he had gone to um to Cambridge the summer before. And he always goes to Cambridge back to do work um, for short periods of time. And he brought me an application form for the Commonwealth scholarship. And he was like, you should apply, you should you should apply. And and I was like, um <laughs> and eventually I applied and I applied for the Commonwealth Scholarship and the Gates came Cambridge Scholarship and then I ended up get getting in and getting both of these scholarships and I was sort of like um this is real like I actually like have to like leave the Caribbean and go overseas so it was really first of all like Vol encouraging me to apply to you in the first place and then um my lecturer push pushing me to apply for the m for the mphil and then my mphil supervisor encouraging me to apply for cambridge so i really have to credit like a lot of like my success to the people that were in my life and having this sort of like instrumental people at different points in my life where i i didn't really have like a plan a plan or didn't really my parents weren't there so i could consult with them 
and ask them like about applying to came to Cambridge if they think it's a good idea. You know, I was like sort of like leading off of what he was saying to me. Mm. And just good people that wanted good for me and push me in the right direction and I am eternally grateful for that. So yes, I applied and I got in and it turned out to be one of the best experiences of my life. And um yeah, I got there. I got there like at the end of October and I was so like a week after the sun was setting at like three o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, what is this? <laughs> what did I put myself into? Like this place always dark and gloomy. And then um and then like the first summer came and then the sun set at like ten o'clock in the night and then it's it's like better now. So yes, yeah, so then so my journey towards like Cambridge and then my journey in computational chem chem chemistry. So as I mentioned earlier, I didn't really like working in the lab. Like I would like break a lot of things. I'd even swallow something once and I had to go to the <laughs> seriously. I was a mess in the lab. Like I was like all over the place. And then when I was doing my project with my um, masters with my MPhils who became my MPhils supervisor it was a computer-based project and I was like I can really do this like I really enjoy this so he sort of like pushed me in the computational area and then it was sort of like interesting to know that you could do all of this amazing chemistry things but all on a computer and you don't have to swallow anything <laughs> like so I went that way because I enjoyed it and I felt like it was something that I could do and then when you get to university you realize that there's so many things that you can do with your degree there's so many like skills that you learn especially like i could mostly speak for like science-based degree because i've i've always like sort of like being a science based like stem subjects like when you finish school like you have so many opportunities so many different roads that you can take and a lot of employers like people with science degrees because you have that sort of like critical and analytical thinking and problem solving skill that you gain from like doing this sort of degrees. I'm not saying it's not the same for other sub subject areas, but I can only speak for like science. And so now like, now I have like so many options of what I can do and like, I don't even, I can't even make up my mind, like, you know, where to go next because like you get like computing skills because you work on a computer all, all the time. So you can code and you, you analyze a lot of data so you can do sort of like big data and analytics and um you can do consulting in your area so if you're like training a particular area so my area is basically have to do with um proteins and how proteins get their particular structure so that they can fulfill their functions and how you can model that in a computer so you get like skills in that area so you can it's so many things that you could do and it's just like i wish mommy was here to tell no mommy i could do a lot of things with my chemistry but <laughs> at, the, at, at the time I, do, I was doing it like in ue i didn't really know that there were so many doors that were available but now that i'm at this stage like i know and it's like i think like young people should just do what they love and do what they enjoy and like the doors will open and in the space that we're in like in the world that we're living in like you can be anything you want to be Amen. Um, Rena Pilgrim is saying, I cried my eyes out at your graduation. Your valedictorian speech lit a fire for everyone present, and you've continued to motivate us by the example since then. 
Much thanks to you, Jarrell. I'm kind of glad she. she no. <laughs> I'm kind of glad she brought that up because a lot of people who are not actually at your graduation don't understand just how much pressure you were under. Um, the day of your graduation, um, the day of your graduation was actually um, daddy's birthday. Yeah. Um, and co coincidentally do, you know, um, your valedictorian speech, you had to stand up in front of an entire school because you were given the position of valedictorian um for your the year you graduated and you actually had to do your speech on a day you would have wished your parents to be there on a day that was also your father's birthday yeah How did you feel can you take us back to that day it's just overwhelmed <laughs> i was overwhelmed and like my friend Rilis adams shout out to Rilis from antigua actually helped me um edit the speech and like she put things in a in a in a very sort of um cohesive but sort of like a gentle way she helped me sort of like like because i just like had just had this random thoughts and ideas in my head and she really helped me bring the speech together so i think i definitely have to give her some credit for helping me put it together um yeah i knew it was gonna be a challenge delivering it one because i like i like to cry <laughs> And it was already an emotional day. And um, and I think the most, the part of it that was sort of like, I would, I would, I was speaking, but I was seeing people in the audience who was my ride or dive. Like people who like, you can't do nothing without people. Like, Shout out to all my friends, my family, who like, I think that is the the biggest message or the biggest sort of like thing that I've learned in my life, that I was very fortunate to have good people in my life when I really needed good people there. And I had friends that they would let me cry <laughs> with them and they would like push me and they would support me and they would like, they would know when it's like days like Mother's Day or Father's Day. They would like, I could tell that they were trying to distract me, you know. <laughs> but like, but it the was, fact that they tried, you know, like needed, like it was needed. And like I would, I could, I was seeing them all day in the audience while I was giving my speech, and I just felt so much gratitude and so blessed that I had these people in my life and that. I could say that I am not a product of just myself and just being motivated. I am a product of all of those um, encounters and all of those people who have remained my friends and remain very close to me and always supported me. And you are nobody without people. And yeah, it was hard, but I think sort of like sort of being in a space where I was reflecting and I was seeing like, well, like I had a friend, like Celine. I remember one time I was studying for an exam, and um, I, when I had an exam to study for, and I was like crying before and stuff like that. And she was like, oh, "Come, come, come, come! Let's go in the um in the study room and stuff like that. And we will sit down, and if we have to play music or whatever, whatever, we will sit down and we will study and stuff like that. And sort of like just her being there 
for me and i don't even know she had something to study for at the same time but like she was there with me to just make sure that i like got in the zone and i could like do my work and stuff like that. and i am so grateful for these people and um yeah it was hard but yeah i got through it <laughs> um and those times didn't have facebook live <laughs> so i was a ga in on facebook live <laughs> now brody uh brody say not gonna get in stop it ll congratulations on all your achievements Jira. you are one of the hardest working people i've ever been in a classroom with your focus was always on another level kudos to you um so that's what um someone is saying um father Sharpies, who always comes on at on every show um he's saying hi share Aurel, ellie he put all our names in one <laughs> shelly good night um god bless you my guys and i'm so happy and forever thank god for your parents uh, they would be so proud um to share in your achievements they're also watching from heaven what is what is even more touching about is your humility your mom would be just so happy sorry i'm, I'm struggling to read it because my eyes are like like foggy <laughs> because the makeup go in my eyes now <laughs> so it's like thank I you father shop please I, I can barely see um uh someone else is saying paula warrington tate is saying that's right never sell yourself short or focus on only career options you know there are so many opportunities out there continue reaching for the size and that's exactly what in all essence you know um we want to sort of show people that you can be uh what i mean like i'm studying university now like, yeah. like <laughs> which is like it took me a lot and, and and someone said to me just this week they're like why are you going to university why why are you here like one of the the other students you know that that i hang out around and they're like why are you here like you have you have a career you know like what are you why are you doing this and i'm like dude you don't understand how important it was for my parents that we all have a university degree and like that was the top of the list for them and you it, they didn't care what it was in once you had a degree that was what was and i remember when i said to my mom that i was no longer going to continue you know going to school and i was gonna you know just go out there and work and stuff and my father my father didn't talk to me for four years you know because because of that you know and 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 it was vexed. <laughs> was vexed. yeah because i felt like oh i was in canada and i need to find myself you know and i there were other things that i had interest in and i wanted to dabble in all these different things i felt i was in the land of opportunities and i didn't feel i felt like i didn't have you know like you feel like you're out of this the state of dominica so to speak where everything is based on whether or not you have a university degree and i just wanted to explore and i i i'm doing like my degree in journalism but i still think i could be doing my degree in so many other things <laughs> because there's so many other things yeah. that i absolutely love and i would have loved to to pursue that but i just wanted to get the papers so they can shut up from heaven and i can say hey i got the degree <laughs> so leave me alone now <laughs> so leave me alone um rl just um corrected me on something mommy did go to college um yeah, i was gonna say that as well correct myself and when, when you said that why you go back to school i was gonna say well mommy went back to school when i was in college she was actually going to college with me 